now, boys and girls, it's time again. Again, again, again. This is the PowerShell Podcast. PowerShell Podcast. You girls and boys will have lots of fun. It's all about PowerShell and the PowerShell community. Power to the people. And now, here's your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. Where's my coffee? We have a major issue here. Coffee hmm? missing. Coffee missing. Coffee. I'm not pausing a damn thing. We're back. We're back. Welcome back. I've never okay. seen such pure panic. I mean, how much? Come on. It's listen. I've I've lost visual of my kid in a grocery store when she was like four and had less panic when, uh, you, had, when you couldn't find your coffee. Hey, it's serious, man. This is. <laughs> hey, everybody! Welcome to the PowerShell Podcast. Uh, we got your two hosts. There's Andrew Plaw. Yeah, I'm Andrew Plaw. That's and- Jordan. I'm Jordan Hammond. Uh, last week we had uh, Mike Kanakos on as a guest, and after the he pointed out that I introduced everyone but myself, which I think is on brand for me. No, uh, so yeah, I'm trying trying to fix that. And then we also discovered because we we had two guests now, and both times I don't feel like once we've gone live, I've done a great job of introducing all of the things they've done. That's definitely something that I've got to work on for future podcasts. Uh, Should we start with the the community highlight, since we're yeah. mostly focused on that? Let's do it. Right. Who do we have this week? Uh, we Who did the lovely community member that will uh, woo us this week. Who uh, woo us? Uh, Justin Grody. Oh, I love Justin. He's awesome. I've, I've been going through his stuff. He hits uh, a lot deeper. Like if you're looking for a, a a shallow focus on something, this is not your guy. But if you're looking for a deeper understanding, he he is worth a follow. He really is. There are not that many people who get in deep into PowerShell as he does. He really uh, gets into the depths and has a very high base level knowledge and uh, quite friendly too. And he is a Microsoft MVP, which is that's pretty awesome to get. It means even though he goes deep, he, he apparently is quite often out there advocating because he's been noticed. Oh, he is. He's passionate. That's what I've noticed. Yeah, we're we're looking through his uh, Twitter, and it's obviously it's not always PowerShell focused. No one's hundred percent focused on a single thing, but the the deep dives is just the random awesome information he throws out on Twitter. I think is is pretty cool. Yeah, just a couple screenshots and saying, "Hey, I'm doing this," and it's like, "Wow, that was really cool to see," and just a picture. You know, it's like, "Wow, I, that would have taken me a really long time to get everything set up and to get my headspace there," and I can just look at his Twitter and learn something new and. Kind of I think feel like I'm in his shoes. Yeah, the last one is he was modifying Excel documents and CSV from VS Code without exiting anything. Yeah, he tweeted about some co- VS Code extension. Um, let's see what it's called here. Excel Viewer, which allows you to edit CSVs and Excel files. I mean, for me, that's pretty cool. I don't particularly like opening up Excel. I wonder if that pairs with the Excel module in PowerShell where you can export into CSVs or, or Excel sheets. Can you then sure. open it in there? Seems yeah. like a symbiotic. You definitely could. It, it's funny that uh, we there's always stones that connect things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely, I will be using this in my VS Code so I don't have to leave VS Code. It, it's uh, nothing's going to derail when you're writing. Uh, when you have to exit VS Code, it always always undoes it. Yeah. Plus, I just I enjoy the thought of just having like that's my workspace. Like it. At this job, probably my next job, I'm gonna, you know, for the rest of my career, I'm probably going to be kind of using this as a main tool that I do a lot of stuff. So having really cool tools to supplement 
that already cool tool is like, oh my gosh, I'm in heaven over here. There's so many fun options. Absolutely. And so what you're saying is uh, a couple months ago when we had the critical bug during Patch Tuesday that was VS Code specific, uh, you, you were paying attention to that one? Of course. I, I, I believe it was, it was for a module for uh, interacting with Linux environments. I can't remember the exact module. Not, not the PowerShell side of things, but it just goes to show no matter what's in there, people are going to find a way to exploit it. For sure. I'm glad it's Patch Tuesday, not Unpatch Tuesday. I'd rather, you know, it, it, I totally agree. Like knowing about things, it's like, ah, that's scary. But also I'm really happy that they found something and are fixing it and they're going to find more things. There's always something to find, right? We're learning and growing and developing all the time. A lot of people sitting at home right now that are taking care of that. So uh, there's one more. This is an unconfirmed fact. I may have just made it up as I wrote it on the paper. Uh, Justin can bench two, 255 22 times. Oh, yep. that's more than me by uh, a couple. That, that, that stat may have been made up by I've been watching the NFL Combine. Oh, getting ready. Well, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Lions fan and... Off seasons, my Super Bowl. Nice. All right. So enough of made up stats. He's got plenty of uh, awesome things in there. The community, like follow his Twitter. Uh, he has on PowerShell.org. They have from different conventions. He's done some speeches, some presentations. Those are definitely worth going and watching. And he's just he seems to just pop up all over the place, and it's always worth the read. Definitely. We are very happy to have him in the community. Right. Now that we've highlighted that, let's, uh, I guess, go into how can we help people be better with PowerShell? Is this the main topic? The main topic. Wow. The meat. Yeah, awesome. the, the meat. We're going to cover the base of it. Awesome. Uh, and that, what would you go with? Uh, secrets? Secrets. Uh, all kinds of secrets. I think that this is a podcast where we really get vulnerable with each other, open up, <laughs> show the audience a whole new side of ourselves, and just... Let loose. Let the tea spill. What yeah. you got? Have, having secrets makes you seem mysterious and uh, like you have a dark past. Yeah, that's good. Mystery <laughs> is, ooh. Uh, but, but more about the secrets is uh, this has to do with when you need to supply a credential that might need to run outside of the context of running the script. Uh, there's, there's many wrong ways to do this and, and a few right ways. When I first started... I know for a fact somewhere in my old job, I have a script out there with my credentials stored on the top of the script in clear text because yep. I didn't know what else to do, but the credentials were needed. And I didn't want to hit, just get credential and type that out every time. I just wanted to run. So obviously clear text password was the solution. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, is making a script and putting all those pieces together is hard enough and getting it to run properly. When you also throw on top of that, managing a credential, a secret. It can be understanding why people don't do that and they just run it. Like they save it and run it. And okay. You know, uh, if your organization allows that kind of thing and they don't really have things in place to detect that, oh, you know, that that's kind of where you are, but it's certainly not where you want to stay. You want to not write passwords in plain text because even if you work at an organization where they don't care about that kind of thing, you want to have good habits. You don't want to write things that will leave you open to issues, right? Especially your names on it. Like you wrote, you wrote the script. Let's develop some things that are not insecure, Absolutely. hugely. So uh, the the first method that, and we actually learned this from someone that worked here at the time. It was uh, Chris Powell wrote something just on credentials, and it's 
creating credentials and and uh, how to keep it secure. And he covers a lot of different methods. He has like if you just create a credential, it's tied to that machine and that user specifically, and it's that that's probably the most secure. But it's also only usable when running logged in as that user. Yeah, and that user's context. Gotcha. Yeah. And then he then he went out and he covered creating a key file with a credential. So where anyone that has the key file and the credential object that's encrypted, they can decrypt it and build the credential that way. That one's less secure, but it's still pretty secure. You just you don't want to store your key file and your credential object in the same location. Right. It's, yeah. But that that one allows you to run that anywhere as long as they have access to both the files they need to uh, decrypt the credentials. I mean, and all that feels like a lot of work and there's different security things that wasn't enough. And so the, the community first, I think Microsoft stepped in first and the community took over and made it better. Uh, just a way to handle these kind of issues. So, yeah, uh, I believe initially there's kind of been a lot of challenges around distributing scripts that interact with credentials. And uh, for a while, there was the credential manager module, which wasn't like officially Microsoft, but a lot of people kind of used it. Um, it had commands like git dash stored credential. Uh, and I used that one for a while. But eventually, Microsoft saw this need and developed a solution to this challenge of managing secrets and that kind of thing. And they came up with uh, the secret management module which is like a module abstraction layer that allows you to interact with different secret vaults. That's a lot of fancy words. And basically, it provides you commands like git-secret that you can use in your script at your workplace where perhaps you store uh, the credentials locally. You can also share that script with other people who maybe use an Azure key vault for their credentials. Right, It's the same git-secret command in both scripts. You just need to tweak the vault that you're using is, is the kind of long and short of it. So, so it it's basically allows you to put your credentials into some sort of a password manager tool that's going to be more secure than most things and just allow you to connect to that? Yeah, varying degrees of security depending on the vault. So you can kind of choose what works for your organization. And uh, maybe some are less secure. Maybe some are more secure, and depending on kind of what you want, you get to choose your own adventure for your environment, and you don't need to modify the script um, to do that. And so, and if your company has like this is our approved manager, there's probably a module already out there that will let you work with that vault, or they have the tools out there where you can manually connect it yourself. Yeah. So I mentioned that this was initially developed by Microsoft, but. Um, First of all, secret management is an open source module so people can contribute to it. But also the secret vaults are just PowerShell modules. So yeah, there are, for most popular things, there are community um, versions of the secret vault for that specific vendor. Um, so yeah. And Pretty this cool. is one where, where we highlighted Justin Grody. He, he's done quite a few things. His GitHub, he has two different modules, one for Chromium-based vault and one for KeePass. Yeah. And then he did a video on the PowerShell.org from one of the previous conferences that we did where he covered creating your own vault, basically. Yeah. Basically help you run through that so you can build your own if you don't have one. Completely. Because if there's some other fault that you want to use that doesn't exist already, check that out. You can develop your own module for it and put it up on GitHub or wherever you want to share your code and share it with the community and have other people help you develop it uh, if there are other people who would use it. So a lot of cool stuff there. 
Another person who's got quite a bit of content on this stuff is Sydney Smith. She works with Microsoft. I think she was part of the team that built Secrets. Mm-hmm. Even if she didn't build it, she's the one that wrote their blog when they announced that it was ready to go. So she's deep knowledge and she covers videos as well on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's like a project manager or something along those lines for it. Yeah. Also, Paul Higginbotham um, contributed kind of the initial work on this module and uh, he presented kind of an introduction to this module and uh, with Sydney Smith at PowerShell Summit. So there's two sessions to check out if you're interested in seeing more. Those reach about 45 minutes each, I believe. So a lot more content you can dive into and learn more about this. This is something, it seems daunting at first, just because when it comes to credential objects in the first place, that's one where you really don't want to make a mistake. It it seems more intimidating than it is. Uh, We have a bunch of links on people that have written about it, as well as like the GitHub or videos to watch it. It's worth taking the time to master this one. Uh, Just... It's, it's going to help you be more secure. It's going to protect you from yourself. Yeah. You want to make sure you're establishing good habits and taking the initial time to kind of work through figuring out how you're going to deal with passwords and scripts is worth it. Go through the example tutorials, read the documentation. Don't try and instantly add it to a super complex script that might confuse things for you. Start simple and you can adapt things from there. If you spend the time and you get the basics down, the next time you're writing a script, we realize you're going to need credentials in there. It's going to be that much easier to throw it up there and move on. It's just going to become, I think eventually it's it's going to be a faster way to handle credentials after the initial setup. So it, it's for sure. It, it's like with almost all things PowerShell, spend the time initially and it's going to save you time in the long run. Completely. You don't want to be bit in the butt. Uh, so with the, the secrets vault and the, the secrets module, so the, the module was the first one that came out there. That's one that helped you create it. The vaults is kind of a community get together thing of here's how you can automatically connect to these different password providers. The uh, Microsoft.PowerShell secret store is a initial Microsoft implementation of the secrets vault idea. So it's the one that interacts with like your current user um, and stores credentials that way, I believe. So um I guess it was just Microsoft's like, hey, we're releasing secret management module. And then also we have our Microsoft developed and supported module uh, to interact with local credentials. All right. And that's the one where if it's doing local account, that's very secure. I th- the encryption type they can do if it's specific account, specific machine is extremely secure. Yeah. But it's less versatile for going outside. So if you're running just everything locally or if you're running from a specific server, it's probably the most secure and a fantastic way to do it. But if it's one where it's, spread across, you're not sure where it's going to be running from, you're going to want to go in and either build or use one of the other vaults where you can, everyone can access it. Uh, and it seems almost similar to LAPS in, in theory, where the, the credentials are out there and people have access that you have allowed that can go in and use those without using your personal credentials. Mm. Yeah, register the vault, connect to it. Yeah, that is uh, pretty awesome. It's really cool to see not only Microsoft kind of create the idea of the secret management module, but then to also kind of create and support that module, that initial interacting with local credentials. Very cool to see. And I guess we didn't, just to install, you mentioned the Microsoft.PowerShell.SecretVault and secret management. So to get these on your team, it's just install dash module and then yep. do that Microsoft PowerShell secret management. And that will bring the module in and you could start uh, playing with it that way. 
Yeah. Uh, and I believe if you search the PowerShell gallery for uh, modules with a tag of Secret Vault, you'll find a lot of other modules. That's right. And the community always making things better. Like, all you have to do is start with an idea and throw it up there. It's like, hey, this is the beginning point. And then you don't even have to look at it again. And it's going to become amazing. I mean, you, you should. Don't don't start something and then abandon it. But the, the community so, is always going to help. For sure. And to clarify earlier, the uh, tag to search for is Key Vault. Key Vault? Okay. Yeah. Um, and I guess we could have a link to search for those modules in the show notes. We, we probably should. Yeah, there you go. I put it there. So it's there. All right. This is a good point where if, if we're missing something or you see something valuable we can add, email us at powershell at pdq.com because it, whether it's a question you want or something you want us to cover specifically or something we're doing wrong or worst case, you know, we get bad information and we need to correct it. Just send it to powershellpdq.com. We'll get that one. And I mean, just like with all things PowerShell, we want the community to help make this as good as it can be. Definitely. Definitely. And feel free to share your perspective with us. Like what's your PowerShell kind of journey been? Where are you in it? What type of stuff are you learning about? Are you finding valuable? Would you like to learn more about? No. Do you like this kind of thing? Are you passionate about PowerShell too? I'm curious to know. I think it's impossible not to be. That's, I mean, I might have a, a slight bias on that one. Once you taste enough of it, like once you've kind of had enough and you're like, wow, you felt the power, it's a very common experience that people have where they're like wowed by it. And it's a very fun journey. It's a very enjoyable language to write. Uh, I'm happy. I, I hope that our viewers and listeners um, relate to what we're saying and are, are somewhere on that journey. And wherever you are on that journey, you know that we can relate to how much fun it is and how valuable it is to you know feel like you're doing really efficient things and to do things in in the best way that you know how and i guess within that one if you are interested in joining the community and sending us email while we appreciate it and we will get your 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 voice out there there's also a discord which we'll have a link to join that one down below and there's a slack for power so that you can join and both of those yep. are pr pretty active. It's whether you have questions or you just want to help out for someone else has questions, it's worth joining in there and just take a part of it. If if you think that we're over-talking the community and you haven't joined in, give those two a shot and it'll change your mind. You'll, you'll realize that we're probably underselling because it is, it is very welcoming. Definitely. Yep. You will not regret it. And if you do, you can complain to us. That's right. If if the community is not welcoming to you, uh, email us, and uh, we'll, we'll attack the community on your behalf. We, we will start to tear it down from the inside. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not. Maybe not. Well, also, I don't think I have any sort of authority to tear it down. I, I'd go in there. It's like, how dare you? And the response is like, who the hell are you? <laughs> you could try, though. The, the important thing, the community is so good is they'll appreciate the attempt and then they'll give me suggestions on how I can be more assertive in tearing down the community in the future. Right. That's how good they are. <laughs> so, Jordan, I think we need to do the tip of the week. Tip of the week? This is a big one. A uh, huge one. Yeah. Don't don't type your password to clear text. Yeah. Please. Ever. Not in Slack messages. Not in text messages. Not into your browser. Not into your PowerShell console, please. So I know I started this off talking about the very example where I have put my password in clear text, but uh, I'm not that smart. 
And that's, that's smart. And if, if you're like, well, Jordan does it, that's just uh, that's a limbo bar you don't want to crawl under, right? Just be better. Be better than Jordan. Don't clear text your passwords. Yeah, mistakes are human, and, and Jordan makes mistakes like all humans, so Jordan is not a cyborg. Not yet. Not yet. I'm, I'm going to be the first one to sign up, though. I'm pretty sure everyone has done something silly related to like typing their password on accident somewhere they shouldn't. You know, we have it memorized. We say it, we type it all the time. It, it can be easy to let yourself slip sometimes, especially if you're busy. But hearing the fact, like typing it into a public chat room would be a bit different. I would feel stressed out. Is that targeted me? Because I've done that too. Well, uh, yeah, sorry. I thought that's what you're referring to earlier. <laughs> oh, oh no. Yeah, no, that's, that was, I was talking about in the, beginning of the webcast I mentioned, or the podcast, I mentioned that I put my credentials in a script that I'm pretty sure is still out there somewhere at my old job. Hopefully they disabled my account by now. It's been six years. But that was, I've, so I put it in scripts where it shouldn't be in clear text. Uh, and then, yes, I have put it in chat live during webcast. Uh, that was my personal one. And one that I was following a different bad practice. I was using the same password to log into multiple things. So it was, uh, it was a big deal. It's a big deal. For for a while, everyone had everything they needed to unlock my uh, my credit score. <laughs> yeah, not a good situation. Um, it is very important to use different passwords for different places. Absolutely, that's that's why sure. uh, password vaults are becoming more and more critical. And with with certain things we have going on, this was uh, something my brother brought up to me. Two factor is most critical you can use. Uh, and if you're using two-factor, text is the least secure of those. I mean, it's still going to be more secure than both, but people started cloning devices and, and taking over cell phone accounts, and so they have the two-factor as well. So if you can, you want to use an actual authenticator app, you want two-factor, you don't want to use the same passwords, and you need a, a password vault because you don't want easy passwords. You want to use a random complex one of at least, I'm going to say 13 characters, but 15 is probably better. Yeah. I'll defer to NIST. They know best. They have a chart out there on how long would it take for brute force to crack a password. Yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, so I guess this is a different podcast that's a bit popular called Darknet Diaries. They recently were talking about combo lists, which are just um, plain text, username and passwords, and like huge table or like huge lists, right? So um, you can just mass try a bunch of stuff. And that is a huge reason why you should not reuse passwords because your passwords have been leaked at some point in time if you've been using the internet. And if you're reusing that password, it's just a matter of time until they try and log into a service with those credentials. If you ever want to terrify yourself, go to haveibeenpwned.com and put in yeah. your email and you'll be shocked what you've logged into where you've been you've been cracked. Yeah. Not only that, I would like recommend if you have never logged into Have I Been Pwned, you should set up it at your organization probably um, to get notifications when any uh, person at your org's email has been found in a breach. Uh, it can be nice and you can shoot, you can automate that kind of a ticket being created or whatever and look good. Look like you're being proactive because you are. So the, the main takeaway was we want you to be terrified constantly. <laughs> yeah. We're just trying to spread some FUD over here. <laughs> Elmer FUD. <laughs> Yeah, I think, boy, we had to also change a password on a webcast live one time that wasn't my personal one. I have I have twice had to change passwords for accounts based on me typing it. I've seen you on the webcast 
I'm pretty sure I've seen in the chat where someone's like, do we need to change a password? Yeah. And it sounds like they definitely have done, had to like do that before. So there was one, it was still uh, like, it wasn't in clear text, but it was an exact count of how long the password was, which makes right. it an easier target to to brute force. So we still had to change it. I have a long history of bad practices, but I'm learning and you should too. Yes. Learn from the mistakes of others. Yeah. I'm trying and, to do that. And if you're, uh, like I said, if you're lacking motivation on, oh, how serious could this be? Go check out at the, at the Have You Been Pwned and you'll be shocked how many things that you use without thinking about it that it has been hacked at this point. It's, uh, it's significant. Uh, security practice or password practices is becoming more and more important. For sure, for sure. The awareness is increasing. I think the importance has kind of always been there, but I think the awareness is definitely increasing, which is really cool to kind of see because it kind of needs to. If you need the world to get more secured, the overall awareness of security and best practices needs to happen, right? It can't just be the IT people at an organization. It needs to be anyone using a computer or having access to a computer or device. Well, I mean, to bring it full full circle back to PowerShell, I think a lot of this awareness is what has led to the Secrets module, just because if it's important, it's important everywhere. And PowerShell is just trying to get ahead of it and give you all the tools you need to make it an easy adoption. Yeah. Which is Definitely. what PowerShell always does. If, if something's important, they're going to make it as easy as possible for you to add it to your environment. That's the hope. In, in a perfect world. In a perfect world. I, I sometimes live in that. Whenever we hit record, uh, you and I, I mean, it's a perfect world, man. So, uh, I mean, the PowerShell podcast, uh, I, we'd like to get this out to as many people as possible. And the best way to do that is if you wouldn't mind writing a review or give us five stars if we've, if we've earned it. I don't want an under five stars. But if you think it's five stars, give us five stars, give us a review, help us raise, rise to the top where we get more and more people that are watching this. We want to get as many people involved in the community as possible. Uh, I like to think of this as a great way. It's an entry point for those that are unsure of how to join. We want it to find easy to find us so we can help them and just make everything in the community better. We mentioned security earlier and the importance of kind of getting it everywhere and spreading that. And there are a lot of organizations with people who can benefit from applying PowerShell and automation and security type stuff at scale. Um, and they already have it. There's just a little bit of knowledge they kind of need, a little bit of guidance. And our hope is to kind of be an entry point to that. And we would love it if we could funnel some more people into that and um, ultimately help to provide a more secure world, right? The more kind of people who are aware of this kind of thing and how to manage machines at scale properly, the better, I feel. Absolutely. Uh, there, there was a stat out there. I can't remember the exact percentage, but the amount of exploits discovered, not exploits, but uh, breaches, that it happened because PowerShell, because it's not properly secured, makes it initial thing seem like it's a bad thing. If you just looked at the how often PowerShell is used to either initial exploit or to expand an exploit, it sounds really bad, but there are in-place things, initial setup where you can make it far more secure. And then not only is it not something that can be used, but it's also a deterrent. It's, it makes it more difficult. Yeah. Uh, definitely with how typically when PowerShell is mentioned in large articles in large situations, it's not in a positive light. And uh, when you are a young person or a young person in your career, like younger in the career, not necessarily age wise, like it would be nice if there was some positive messaging 
that we that could be kind of alongside that. Yeah, you should definitely secure your environment. Things can go bad. But look at all these amazing things that PowerShell is doing and helping secure and how it's being used um, by blue teams and security teams and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I think out of the box, it has an undefined policy where you can run just about anything in there. It's not difficult mm -hmm. to lock. Well, not, I think not it's, anything. Uh, I think it's well, all signed or restricted initially, but then quickly, pretty much everybody has been using PowerShell for a while, yeah. sets uh, execution policy, remote signed. Remote signed. Yeah. Uh, well, yes, yeah, so initial, I think they just put it as undefined as the default. And I think that does default to signed only where you have to increase that one. And, hmm. uh, and then, so if you do the, what's the what, get dash, what policy, execution policy? Yeah. Uh, there, there's five different rows where it goes in there and you can see what you want. It was, if it says undefined, that means nothing's ever been set up on it and it's using just what the default is. And it's not insecure, but it's definitely, there's a reason why that's a common attack vector. The important thing is you can either set a local policy on the machine or you can set it on group policy and that's going to override any local policy. So if you tried to run a script with dash bypass, which overlooks all those policies, that will work for user context settings. But if it's set by group policy, Bypass can't get past that one. I'm smelling a new podcast episode here. We might want to. Am, am I diving into the wrong? No, I'm loving it. But I'm just saying, man, there's some meat here. <laughs> I, I think that we could definitely uh, cover this deeper in the next one for sure. All right. Or the one after that or after that or after that. You know, I'm not trying to commit us to anything, but I'm just smelling something real good. I'm liking what's, what's cooking right now. Yeah. We, I hope people, I mean, normally we don't dive into the how so much. We, we focus more of the what is it and how can you find more information. That one I think might be worth actually doing a bit more of the how just to help people get started because that's I think that's probably the most neglected thing in PowerShell. I, I tend to agree. And we can because a lot of times if you are trying to secure PowerShell, like you'll see a guide and it'll take you through some things to do perhaps, but not really the why or like how to apply that to your environment or a little bit deeper. Um, so I think that we could definitely provide that, especially where like lateral movement is concerned and how to really kind of lock things down. I think it definitely warrants a, a bit more of an exploration. All right. Uh, I mean, we definitely went over after I, we did our exit on uh, on uh, Hey, can you support us with, with five stars if we've earned it and uh, view it out. All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in uh, for the PowerShell Podcast. I'm Jordan. I'm Andrew. Thanks for listening to the PowerShell Podcast with your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. It all makes sense now. <laughs> the PowerShell Podcast is a production of BDQ.com.